Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are delighted to be joined by a man who needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. It is Mr. Liam Holmes. He has been a sports nutritionist in the business for many years. He's worked at Fulham, he's worked at Tottenham Hotspurs, and most of us may know him, more importantly, as the founder of PH Nutrition. And today, we're going to be chatting all about periodized nutrition. So, Liam, good to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to getting into a topic that I think uh, you're quite well versed on. I think you've written quite a lot of content about this, so it's going to be a good one. Yeah, well, you know, you try to be well versed, as well versed as anyone. But yeah, that topic is, of course, periodized nutrition, something that a lot of people will probably be doing and not necessarily realizing anyway. But let's kick things off. What is periodized nutrition, Liam? Talk to me. Okay, right. The official definition I think we, you know, is uh, been said in the research is the strategic combined use of exercise training and nutrition or nutrition only with your overall aim to obtain adaptations that support exercise performance. Now, for me, I think that should have or elicit a specific response. Like I, I think sometimes when you, you know, you're talking about periodization, it doesn't always have to support exercise performance. And I think that's something that we're going to dive into. Like, is that a pretty good definition to kick things off? I mean, it sounds like you've done your homework for sure. Definitely. In layman's terms. <laughs> yeah. In layman's terms, basically just meaning, hey, you're going to change your nutrition at different points of the year because of different focuses, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I think a few people are doing this. Well, most people are doing this without actually realizing it. I think obviously we're going to go into a little bit more targeted interventions, what you can do for kind of changing you know your nutrition at certain times of the week at certain times of the month and certain times of the year but actually i think people are doing it without realizing so yeah we're just going to hopefully just frame it in a way that that helps you get the most out of your training and and stuff so yeah it's good yeah and hopefully it's even just a case of you listening to this and thinking hey i do that great i'm periodizing my nutrition yeah yeah i mean lots to talk about on it as well but obviously big old 
definition that you use there in terms of performance. I know you've said that periodized nutrition is not always about athletic performance. However, we do commonly see it in that high performance world with professional athletes, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's where I think it's I think it's imperative if you're you know at the higher end if you're an athlete or someone that's more competitive. I think you do need to have a little bit you know of a closer eye on periodizing your nutrition. You know, and this can be kind of done for if you're in a kind of team sport or or you know whatever that has seasons so if you have an off-season pre-season you know mid mid-season break or whatever then you know naturally that you you will periodize your nutrition whereas you know people that are maybe having a kind of less of a like oh it's, there's there's an off-season you then have to be a bit more structured with it you know i think if you're looking at the olympics and four week four year cycles and stuff like that's that's real kind of long-term periodization but yeah if, you, if you're if you're from the athletic background you do need to take more of a more of a, a closer kind of more detailed approach and look for me this comes down to working with training you know so coaches so, so aligning it you know nutrition to your training but you know to help elicit a kind of a training response so whether that's gaining muscle losing weight you know enhancing training adaptations or changing body composition you know if you come back from pre-season a little bit fluffy then you might need to, to periodize your nutrition in that in that time to help elicit a change in your body composition awesome yeah so again that good example of body composition and not necessarily performance as well just kind of sticking on the pro world as well i always like to think of things from a macro and that micro principle as well right so we've kind of looked at that macro you talked about olympians four-year cycles how would someone maybe periodize their nutrition in a micro in a zoomed in way maybe even day to day and i'm gonna ask for an example from your background of professional football as well, thinking about how might footballers periodize their nutrition, even week to week and day to day to get the most out of things. Yeah, I think week to week you can you know, you're definitely looking at working back off from match days, you know, so you're periodizing your nutrition across the week. So say from a Monday it might be, you know, a kind of a medium training day. So, you know, you're just looking at kind of consuming your normal nutrition plan. Tuesday, Wednesday might be a higher training day. So there, you're already then periodizing your nutrition to help support training performance and support recovery so you might then change your nutrition strategies by increasing carbohydrates or increasing overall calories you know recovery day then you're looking at match day minus one match day minus two and going into match day so there we are different variations of training load and volume and different goals so we're supporting recovery supporting kind of energy availability for for games and training and over the week then you won't be just following the same plan every day or the same strategy every single day now what we don't want to be doing is making it too complex i think that's a that's a really kind of key thing so if we broke that down into the day like you should have a real kind of baseline intake every day and i think that's definitely something the general population can take away from it like my philosophy is that you shouldn't necessarily try and confuse nutrition when it's not really needed. Like, so high carb days, low carb days, you know, all of this type of thing. Like, you know, it's something to kind of not, you know, bamboozle yourself with. But you definitely need to be having that look of like, okay, well, what's what's my output this day? Like, what am I doing? And if you're doing a double session or if you've got a really hard training day, then, yeah, you might need to just increase from your baseline. 
So you might need to add a little bit more calories, add a little bit more carbohydrates to help with that day. Now, if it's a slightly lower intensity day, recovery day or whatever, then yeah, maybe you can just follow, eat, you know, eat to your baseline or drop a little bit more if you're, you know, if you if you feel that that's going to help you. But again, you need to have this kind of relatively consistent baseline to kind of work from. And I think that's where the general population maybe get a little bit overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, it's definitely something that, that you want to kind of work on and getting. And then, then it makes periodizing your nutrition from a daily point of view and a weekly point of view a little bit easier. Yeah, awesome. And it, it's that point about keeping it easy as well and what you do on average. Like, obviously, the topics that we are talking about here and, and that we've kind of referred to on the pro elite side of things, um, these principles are things that the general population can take from it, just like you've said there. But you don't want to take too much. You don't want to get hung up on too much when it's all about the average that counts as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, you've worked with you know tons of people that have maybe done a little bit, you know, kind of longer endurance-based kind of training, and 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 I think potentially, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. This is where maybe periodization potentially, you know, is going to be a little bit more useful compared to like yeah, someone definitely. compared to someone that's just doing like you know a normal kind of gym training, you know, or, or CrossFit or something. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can always think about these kind of hybrid athletes in that regard as well. And I always think about periodizing nutrition alongside periodizing training, just like you said there. And endurance athletes, a really good kind of example, their training will follow kind of peaks and troughs of intensity versus volume and different kind of stimulus that you're wanting to achieve there. And there's going to be performance based sessions. There's going to be adaptive based sessions as well, right? Where there will be a certain chunk of time when we're thinking about even ultra endurance athletes, where the goal is not to necessarily complete a session in a certain amount of time. It's to complete a session and get used to taking on fluid volume, taking on food as well. And that's where you can periodize your nutrition to match that training. Same with the intensity and the volume. So you might have kind of that base building where, you know, you might start to implement more strategies like training low, that kind of thing, where you're trying to just build that kind of aerobic base. And then when it comes to performing, okay, let's take your intake up and let's really kind of fuel to perform and to create that kind of change as well from earlier. Yeah, just marrying that training, marrying that nutrition. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, mate, exactly. But general population, like we've got a lot going on. Like, you know, for me, I'm like, I've got way too much to think about in terms of life and kids and this and that. You know, adding this like training low and, you know, all of these different strategies, like is it actually needed for general population you know the level that, that the most of the general population for the most part no and you agree with me on that as well you know you're one of the the big ph nutrition philosophies even when we're thinking about um performance and we're thinking about physique goals is is we want to kind of fuel for performance we don't necessarily want to be going through these adaptive stages too often the, the grand scheme of things you want to set that baseline like you've already said and fuel for performance and then maybe in certain situations even if we think about physique outside of performance having those short periods but for the most part for 90 percent of the time that baseline where mm. you're just attacking it yeah I, I think you're right mate like it's something that is it's hard to get people's heads around like even you know if we're looking at you know your primary goal is fat loss like you've got to have a long-term approach to fueling performance to imp improving strength improving power whatever that may be because if you have that long-term approach with very short periods of focus on body composition, I think it's a much more sustainable way to approach you know, your diet, as opposed to what a lot of people do, in that they go dieting for you know, months on end, and 
never really see an increase in their performance or they just kind of struggle through and they're always kind of lifting the same weight. You know, if you ask someone when was the last time he PB'd, you know, any lift, anything, and they can't remember, you know, then, then I think there needs to be a bit of a shift in terms of, you know, how they approach their nutrition. Yeah, and that's still periodizing your nutrition. That's still yeah. going through those phases, those short periods of changes for physique purposes, but mostly for performance. And it's, yeah, just, just periodizing nutrition is such a vague term, really, when we think about yeah. it. Because it's just nutrition, which is, hey, everything that we consume, essentially, and periodized, which is periods of time. And so you can just kind of almost use it in that way that we are all doing anyway. We all tend to be eating depending on our goal at that time but periodized nutrition i think the difference the key difference is it's all towards a bigger picture yeah it's all towards that bigger picture yeah. and that bigger picture as we're talking about there from a physique point of view as you were saying that bigger picture is performance and then short periods of fat loss or short periods of muscle gain um that kind of thing right yeah mate a hundred percent like you know if we actually look at it when you said most people are doing it without realizing we do it around January, we maybe do it before weddings, we do it before holidays, you know, these are the times where we're, we're periodizing nutrition to elicit a body composition change, you know, and there will be times that your box or your training or your whatever will go, okay, we're in a strength phase, we're in a power phase, we're in a whatever phase, you know, they're periodizing the training, what a lot of people don't do is maybe kind of marry their nutrition up to that. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that that's not necessarily their fault as well. I think oh. that that comes from i mean there's there's really in most gyms that we go to and and most people are going to kind of echo with this i think and and feel this there's no real full-on nutrition focus and there shouldn't necessarily be because gym owners are gym owners and programmers are programmers but there's never a case of let's do a strength focus and hey this is maybe what you should think about doing with your nutrition mm -hmm. and that is something that obviously can amplify those responses so much more because that's all periodized nutrition is it's changing your nutrition for the intended stimulus at that time to amplify that response to get the most out of that response and that's that's through no fault of kind of people's own that they're not necessarily doing that and also kind of coming back to what we just said about is it worth doing for the general population and i would say for most people going to boxes going to gyms like that where it's kind of guided programming for them if their nutrition is not that solid baseline, they probably don't need to anyway. They just need to focus on mm. hitting their basics right. And then maybe that periodization comes later after a few years of experience, after a few years of understanding the training and the stimulus coming from that and thinking, okay, sweet, I understand what stimulus we're going for. How can I amplify that with nutrition? And yeah, it's one of those where like the, we probably don't see it as much because we probably don't need to see it as much. Yeah. So if, if, I, if I'm going into, into a gym and or, or following a program and they're like, right, we're in a strength phase now. If I'm talking about periodizing nutrition, what advice would you be giving me? How, how can I periodize my nutrition for, say, strength gain or power output? Oh, man. Well, the, the most obvious one immediately is, hey, eat, 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 enough. eat a little bit more. And obviously eating enough is the key one. Yeah. And you don't want to get people overeating, which is why, you know, nutrition's always so individualized. So you never want to give out blanket advice, yeah. do you? But if someone's eating enough, they're going to elicit a response. You know, muscle building, strength gaining, it's an energetic process. We need the fuel to, to fuel that. And obviously we, we can talk till the cows come home about yeah. getting enough 
enough protein in and spacing that across the day, etc. But even looking at the kind of little things when you're thinking about a strength point of view, supplements like creatine, that kind of stuff as well. But I do think the main thing is kind of eating, eating enough for sure. But then that could be the same. The set, the same could be said about conditioning phase as well. Yeah. If if a box owner says, hey, look, we're going to really up our conditioning over the next few weeks, you're going to need to eat more as well because the intensity of your training is going to kind of come up. And that is why I think for the general population, it's not necessarily a case of, of needing to periodize around the kind of training you're doing. It's establishing that baseline, like you've said, and then most people are going to periodize based on their physique goals yeah. as opposed to their performance goals. And if you get that baseline in place from performance, then it's probably when that physique comes in that, that that's when people are going to change their minds and start actually thinking about, hey, maybe I need to change my intake at certain points and the timing and, and the type of uh, fuel that I'm putting in my body as yeah, well. Yeah, I think that's that's a key thing, isn't it? Like you, you need that baseline to support your performance goals and then you make some adjustments to, you know, to, to change your physique, you know, and that, that will change over the year. So, you know, th- I think that's a really simplified approach to do it, mate. One thing, buddy... A lot of people may have heard of train low, compete high, and this is one of the most, you know, one of the most uh, kind of well popularized ways to periodize nutrition. And obviously, this is more, you know, kind of been targeted and researched in athletes. But should people be using that strategy? And you mentioned their conditioning. Should they people should people be using it? Again, it depends on a lot of things, and that's the blanket nutritionist answer that you know you always want to not hear it depends but it always does it depends on the type of training they're doing it depends on the intensity of training they're doing it depends on how well trained they are as an individual as well if they're very very new to training and they're wanting to get the most out of it normally when we're new to something just do do anything like me you go well you do it or you want to learn as much as you possibly can and you overcomplicate it and you see you might see train low compete high and you think I should definitely be doing oh, this. I, I should do really be doing this because it's new, it's exciting, and I want to get every kind of benefit that I can out of it. When in reality, if you're just doing it at that level, you're going to definitely improve. I think, yeah. obviously, we work a lot in the CrossFit space. Train low, compete high in the CrossFit space, I don't think is, is worth it. I agree. Doing. I think it's train high, compete higher, realistically. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, yeah. yeah, very Train very high, true. compete higher. There is the go. way to attack it. And then if, if someone is an ultra-endurance athlete, an endurance athlete, then if they're well-trained, if they're the basics of their nutrition are in place as well, if they're hitting those world-class basics, then it could be worth doing some train low, some compete high, but in a controlled setting and always making sure, again, that the train low marries the stimulus of the session. Yeah. And what, what we kind of mean by that is... If you're training low, but you're doing a really high intense performative session, you've totally missed the point. Yeah. Train low is meant to kind of create these adaptations. That's the, the theory behind it. And it is still a theory. They've not yet yeah, kind of yeah. said, this is definitely something we should do. It's always still kind of theorized and we're looking for more evidence always, but it's all around creating, amplifying adaptations for aerobic capacity. And that means amplifying the adaptations from aerobic training as yeah. opposed to the high intense stuff yeah. um, or interval so, based stuff and or you know yeah. barbells and dumbbells and everything else that's <laughs> that's included so yeah i think i think yeah train higher compete higher is is absolutely brilliant mate <laughs> i think it's definitely something to take away is anyway yeah, yeah. And, and when we're talking about it, like you said it's a, a lot of people now i think are I, I think there's been a bit of a shift in terms of people's, in terms of the advice out there for carbohydrates, I think we were scared of them. You know, at the start of CrossFit and Paleo, and we could only eat sweet potato, and you know, and that was it. And so people went low carb. But now I think that people are 
you know, shifting and understanding the importance of it. We're not just saying you should be shoveling in 15 bananas a day and eating oats and, you know, and, and rice cakes to come out your ears. But... Good luck to your plumber. Yeah, often we see with people, they are coming into their sessions and they're thri- and then they're, they're surviving through them. And when we're saying mm-hmm. eating enough, it's an e- eating enough for you. Like, if you're looking at an athlete that's training three times a day, is eating, then no, that's completely, you're missing the point. When we're talking about periodizing nutrition, it's eating the amounts that you need to support your training that week, that day, you know, that month, depending on your box. So it, like you say, it's a very individualized approach. Um, and, uh, you know, it's definitely something, like you say, not to, to kind of get too hung up on about. But it is a key driver to helping you perform at your best like eating enough it's something that we see you know people have within you know like low energy within day so like actually not eating enough if they're training in the evening or in the afternoon so they just you know don't eat enough in that day and then they're not eating enough across the week across the month so you can get away with it for i think for a week or two weeks but then all of a sudden you hit a plateau and you just don't feel that you can you know go in and train that well again this is where if you're trying to change your body composition, you're going to need to be in a calorie deficit. But don't be in it for too long. Don't be in it for months and months and months. You've got to be focusing on increasing your output, increasing your performance, which very short periods of, of trying to elicit a body composition change for me. Definitely. No, I agree. I agree. And I mean, another factor of periodized nutrition that we haven't really touched upon yet, but I think that is perhaps more beneficial for for the general population as well is an aspect of periodized nutrition which is not necessarily geared towards creating any performance change any physique change but is more about looking after your mental health as well and you know as well as i do the kind of stress that following a nutrition plan can put people under if they become almost a little bit too oh what's the word too focused hyper focused on their nutrition on their goals Mm. that kind of thing then periodizing your nutrition along with periodizing your life i.e when you go on holiday not necessarily worrying about hitting your macros and getting enough kind of protein in across that day i think that is a term that i would put under periodized nutrition just because of the vagueness of it yes nutrition over a period that i think gets kind of forgotten about almost and this is still something that, that athletes do at the top of their level as well exaggerated example and probably a bad example now having saying it as it's coming to my fore is um paddy pimlet the ufc fighter he's <laughs> yeah, a man yeah. who who takes it to the extreme Mate, he's the, a new ricky hatton isn't he? <laughs> in, yeah yeah and and that is not necessarily a good thing i mean that's a whole nother topic i don't think that that is sustainable for him so give his, some context uh, for people that don't know who that is and what he does yeah so some context for that guy's there paddy pimlet is the ufc fighter from liverpool and what he does is when he's in training camp and when he's fighting he's strict he obviously goes through the weight cuts the way that ufc fighters traditionally do i don't know enough about the protocols he does on his weight cuts to comment on whether he's doing it safely or not but what i do know is that after his fights he balloons like he goes crazy he says hey i'd rather be fat and happy and um all that kind of classic stuff that people say and he puts on like a good 20 kilos or so in between Mm. fights and you can see a visible change quite quickly and that is in a way him periodizing his nutrition he's dialed in when he needs to be he's dialed out when he doesn't but that's a very extreme example and as i say it's probably a topic for another time i believe that that's not going to benefit his 
career is longevity in the UFC because he'll probably put on a little bit too much. That weight cut will be a little bit too hard one time and he'll suffer because of that. His performance will suffer because of that and his physical and mental health will probably suffer because of that. So as I say, I did say it was a bad example, but that idea of the nutrition dial and how we dial it in at certain points in our life, we can also dial it out at other points when we're on holiday. You don't have to be the person that is... um, taking protein powder on holiday with mm. them if you are that's okay too yeah. but it's all about average and yeah uh, I periodizing th- your nutrition to suit your your lifestyle i think is another useful thing yeah mate i, I could not agree more people mental health do does suffer when they put so much emphasis on following a nutrition plan around these times where it shouldn't be a primary focus like you shouldn't have this as a primary focus when you're away on holiday. Like create the memories. Don't worry about being, you know, kind of restrictive. The thing is, is like you say, we don't want this roller coaster. I think that's a key thing that I try to educate our clients on is don't be the Ricky Hatton and, and, you know, where you're kind of cutting down to a really good weight and then making it unsustainable so then you balloon up because it just becomes harder and harder each time. You know, be a little bit more like Floyd Mayweather where you kind of hover around a fighting weight you know, maybe be a little bit, you know, relaxed at certain times. And then it doesn't take too much to kind of dial it in and periodize your nutrition to, to get back to where you kind of want to be. I think that's a much more healthy and sustainable approach to nutrition. You know, that's definitely something that, that, that I think people can get a little bit hung up on. So, mate, I, I think that's that's a brilliant, you know, brilliant way. What I also think is that people, general population, we we look at athletes and, oh, we, we shouldn't be using the strategies that they use like for periodized nutrition training low blah 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 but then actually we don't employ the strategies that are very beneficial for it such as off seasons such as times where we're not focusing a hundred percent on everything you know whereas we would just you know and and again maybe the crossfit and the hybrid you know kind of uh, approaches is is something that you know a lot of people kind of follow and it's like no day you know or nike slogan no days off or more pain more gains or whatever they kind of say I think that that's, again, an unsustainable approach. We're not full-time athletes. We need to have times where it's an off-season. And the off-season can be two, three weeks. It can be, you know, a month. It can be a time where you have a mid-season break. Do you know what I mean? And, and go and do something else. Because mentally, physically, it's really, really hard to be 100% on 100% you know, all of the time. So yeah. I think athletes and, and this is definitely something that we can, that we can take and maybe employ you know, at our level. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think, and this may alienate a fair few people, but I think just because you go to the gym and you train every day doesn't make you an athlete. It's not your job. Hopefully there are other priorities in your life, such as your family, such as your career, such as everything. And fitness is always a big part of people's lives. It's a big part of my life. It's a big part of Liam's life, but it's not our entire lives. Mm. And that's something that people can get kind of caught up on. And that's why I think periodizing your nutrition with your life can become quite hard if this lifestyle then becomes your life. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And that's probably a whole nother topic to talk about. Yeah, Um, mate, definitely. And like, Moving moving on from like you say, well, obviously we're talking about body composition and training volume and stuff like that. What other things can be periodized, like that we probably don't think about? Supplementation, training the gut. You mentioned about fluid intake. Like, why would people be kind of you know potentially kind of doing it? or food intake around kind of workouts and? Yeah, and I mean the the fluid intake is a good one when we're thinking about kind of in, endurance athletes as well, really. Whereby there will be phases where 
you will potentially purposefully try and take on so much more fluid than you need to almost just for the i mean that one for kind of training the gut yeah you can look at kind of the inverse and there may even be a huge amount of benefit a huge amount of psychological benefit and this doesn't necessarily this isn't the kind of stuff that you read in 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 papers or studies or that kind of thing it's more just a case of doing the opposite and going into sessions under fueled under hydrated a little bit just to get them done just to build mental fortitude as well and that's on the athlete side of things as well obviously we've said they're train high compete higher and um, i'm thinking here about the ultra endurance athletes that i've worked with the guys where it's at some point it stops becoming physical and it becomes a mental toughness kind of a sport here as well so that's something that you can periodize in that sense i mean periodizing supplements as well mm. definitely is something that you can do i know one one thing that's probably useful in in the crossfit space is uh, beta alanine you don't have to take it all year round i think there you'll again probably get some psychological benefit from taking it for the two to four weeks running up to a competition whereby you haven't necessarily had it before yeah. and you're going to probably feel a boost in that lead up to that comp yeah. and those two to four weeks obviously that's the amount that we recommend to take it yeah. um, enough and then hey going into that comp you think i've got that extra little edge that extra little something that wasn't necessarily there in my training i think just to kind of flick that switch almost and it can be a really really useful thing anything else you would advise people to supplement on a periodized way? You're fishing for one, aren't you? You're fishing for one. Creatine, I guess, is is potentially one that would you, I... Would you periodize that? Would only periodize with regards to my life. In that sense, as like I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be the guy that's crying because he can't fit his creatine in his hand luggage <laughs> to get on the plane, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that's yeah. something that you should probably take all year round. You can get benefit from taking all year round. Consistency is key with creatine. That's what we, we know. Yeah. We, you need to be consistent with it. But if you stop taking it for a week because you're on holiday... You make a difference. Doesn't make a huge difference, does it? No. So Anything else? Nitrates, the, fish oil, anything that people might take? Do you need, I mean, to, do you need to periodize? Not necessarily. I mean, with, with nitrates, that's not one. That's where you get a lot of acute benefit. We know about the acute benefit of, of nitrates. So that's one where I guess the periodization in that regard is just very acute usage in and around competition. I think fish oil can be one that you can essentially just use to... I think people should be taking that year round anyway yeah. because of the cardiovascular benefits. But there's some benefit i mean we've we've seen some evidence suggest that hey it can improve recovery as well so if there's a time where you're feeling particularly beaten up or recovering from injury then it could be worth having a higher dose mm. emphasis on the could because there's always that inter individual variability there as well but again something that that you're going to get benefit from taking you around just maybe change the dosage up for a little bit yeah. of a recovery boost again even if that's mental yeah mate 100 percent. i think also you know we we periodize supplementation around winter as well. You know, you would maybe increase mm. or, or sunlight, so you'd increase vitamin D vitamin certain D, times yeah. of the year. You'd maybe increase vitamin C or you know zinc and magnesium. You know that although you can take these to you know any time of the year, like we might want to kind of maybe say increase the dose or be a little bit more diligent with taking them around these winter months. So again, like you might be doing things periodization, you know, without even kind of realizing. But they're definitely something that I would suggest that people do. You know, just to kind of help across the year and then you said like saying using within the week within shorter periods nitrates and and uh, you know and, and beta alanine and, and stuff like this is going to be very very useful so yeah mate i i think that's that's really really good i also think you naturally do it if you're one of these pe per, uh, people that sign up to different events 
You know what I mean? Like if you do a 5K and then like, right, I'm going to do a marathon, right, I'm going to do a CrossFit comp and then I'm going to do high rocks, you know, and all of these types of things. Again, like we don't want you to be massively overhauling your nutrition, but you definitely want to be thinking about kind of making a few different changes. For me, I'm not going to make no capacity to do that you know, anymore really. So I'm pretty, pretty standard. Don't sign up to many comps or do anything. So again, mine is relatively consistent, but one of our coaches, Tom McClure, he's, he's pretty crazy doing all of these different things now. And, and also coach Chloe as well. She's kind of prepped for a body comp, bodybuilding competition now. So hers, her, her nutrition and their nutrition is changing so much. You've just finished the half marathon. Did you change anything for that? And then coming out of that, you know, going into a new, new phase now? Train high, compete high was the uh, motto for the old half, Hackney half. Yeah, haven't haven't changed a huge amount coming into the, the new phase as well. I've just taken carbohydrate intake down just because I'm not doing as much running, obviously, and I kind of peaked up there. So, mm. yeah, I mean, just kind of almost out of coincidence again, this is what we mean by saying, you know, you might be periodizing without even knowing it. I stopped taking creatine when I was training for the half. And I would have probably still got some benefit from taking creatine. But now that my focus is sort of shifted towards strength training as well, I almost feel like I'm getting a little mental boost from retaking yeah, it. Yeah. And obviously with creatine, you don't necessarily get those benefits until 30 days getting that saturating your stores. But the focus has shifted to strength. So sweet, I'm going to take, you know, some strength-based supplements. And yeah. hey, I didn't miss taking my creatine each day. I still managed to hit my targets on the half marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I almost periodized it a little way there. And that's not something that is, you know, you should definitely do this. Not at all. Like, as I say, creatine, you can take you around and get the benefit from. That was just a coincidental kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And oh, look, now that I'm taking it again, now that I'm doing more strength. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like I'm getting a, a mental boost and a, yeah. hey, look, I'm so strong. <laughs> Mate, you are strong. You're seriously strong. Stop it. Yeah. Wait, I, I can't be chasing you anymore, mate. You, you, you blow me out of the water. So uh, it's all that creatine you're taking, maybe. I, I, well, no, I do take it. Yeah. So as I'm getting older, again, look, that's another thing is you're, you know, you're thinking about periodizing your nutrition. You know, it's definitely something as you start to age, like you can, mm. you can potentially be like, right, I need to be a little bit more diligent with my protein intake, maybe taking creatine and taking fish oil and, you know, maybe kind of getting a bit of blood work to identify any kind of, you know, deficiencies. Again, I'm periodizing it, you know, in a real big macro cycle, that is. But yeah, it's, again, don't be thinking it's just, you know, something that you need to do kind of uh, in short periods. It's definitely like taking that bit bird's eye view, mate. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I I think the the big kind of key as we kind of, I feel like we're coming up to a nice little natural wrap up. The big key with periodized nutrition is a lack of mindlessness, I think. Just just being more mindful towards the yeah. goals, essentially, because that's what you're doing. Like we've said, this this phrase that I don't know how long, how many times we've said it in this, where you're marrying your nutrition to your training, you're marrying it to the focus at that time. Mm. All that is is being mindful. Is is thinking, hey, this is my focus, so I'm going to change my nutrition to attack this. And as Liam said as well, all the way throughout this, if you have that initial baseline of nutrition that is solid, then those changes can can be little just small nice simple things and as we all know it's the little simple changes that work the best yeah 100 percent, mate you know i think i've written a newsletter before when i said you need to be more like a premier league footballer and no not going to go and buy horrendous clothes and you know terrible haircuts terrible haircuts and buying massive bottles of vodka in vegas and you know your holidays but definitely looking at over the year having times where you're really focused on kind of you know training a little bit harder and making a, a real change in terms of that which is maybe your pre-season you know having times where you just kind of you know are consistent which is your actual in-season you know times where 
you would maybe kind of take the foot off the pedal a little bit, relax, you know, and just off season and stuff like that. But if you can kind of look at that over the year and just, you know, naturally kind of pick, you know, fit this in around your lifestyle, it's a much more sustainable approach than even being on that big roller coaster where you kind of, you know, you, you, you gain load of weight and then you lose it and then you've got to keep going through that. So yeah, definitely, definitely think about kind of approaching it, you know, across the year and then breaking that down into smaller segments. And that's going to be a useful thing for people. Definitely. Definitely. And if I need to be more like a Premier League footballer, Liam, I need to talk to you about my... <laughs> yeah. You, 400k you, a week no, wouldn't be bad. It's all performance-based, Luke. You're on bonuses, so okay. you need to produce. So right. you're, you're, it's like an NFL approach, not the Premier League approach. So you're earning nothing, and then it's all bonus-schemed. So this is where we're going to Sounds approach. good to me. Awesome, Liam. That's been fantastic. Well, I think we've come to a nice, nice little end there. So, uh, yeah, all that's left to say is thank you very much for jumping on the podcast. It's been, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I think that covers it all. Thank you very much for your time, Liam. Obviously, in terms of where people can find you, it's the same place that keep people can find us, PH Nutrition. So for more info on our programs and our plans, head to phnutrition.co.uk. On Instagram, it's ph underscore nutrition. Nice and simple. Always feel free to drop us a message on there, slide into the DMs. And if you've got time, share and rate this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, let us know, you know what more you'd like to hear from us. And thank you very much for listening. I've been Luke. He's been Liam. And we'll see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.